Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Malik Madhu from Mint's personal finance team. In today's episode of Why Not Mint Money, I'll be talking about PMS or portfolio management services. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey pms is a service provided by a portfolio manager to high net worth individuals in the form of a customized solution or a customized portfolio of securities and you have the choice of a discretionary and a non discretionary pms under the discretionary one the portfolio manager independently manages the client's portfolio according to his needs whereas under the non discretionary pms this is done based on the client's directions now prior to 2020 pmss came under very light touch regulations but today investors can breathe easy on the regulatory front and this is thanks to the pms regulations and guidelines that sebi came out with in early 2020 these regulations were very comprehensive and laid down detailed rules on what portfolio managers can or cannot do with client money the minimum investment limit for clients was also hiked from rupees 25 lakh to 50 lakh and pmss were mandated to furnish periodic reports at least once a quarter to the clients not just that pmss had to provide keen wise performance data net of all fees and expenses something which was not being done earlier and this performance reporting had to be done after aggregating the performance of all the client portfolios and not just a select few for every strategy that a pms was offering while we have come a long way since then investors still have a sea of information to wade through before they can shortlist a pms for themselves consulting a financial advisor for this is therefore something worth considering So what are some of the things that you must look at before you invest in a PMS or do you even need to go down this route we reached out to Munish Randev founder and CEO Servin Family Office and Advisors and Nishant Agarwal managing partner and head family office of ASK Wealth Advisors on some of these questions so Munish actually started out by giving us a background on how PMSs came about initially and from there on how this became a fairly crowded space over time Here is what he said. If you remember, if I take you back twenty uh, years, twenty-five years back, the intent of PMS was to have a very customized portfolio for a specific set of clients. We understand the markets a bit more, or need a bit more customized portfolio, which is not given by a mutual fund. Because <laughs> mutual funds were like you know sixty stocks, fifty stocks, forty stocks across right. all large cap, mid cap, and all that stuff. So. idea of a, of a pms was can we construct a customized portfolio point number 1 point number 2 okay. the intent was to maybe take a bit more higher risk in the product and when i say risk i mean these uh, pmss were supposed to be a bit concentrated in nature so not investing into 40 50 stocks but investing into maybe 15 20 stocks approximately in the portfolio that was the but okay. to the main intent when pms started off as a product now okay. the issue what has happened is that because now mutual funds are available to everybody uh, there is a direct code there is a regular code blah 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 and it's not a very unique product where wealth managers can actually give their advice to so what's the next space uh, people could get into was the pms platform because here okay. you could you know structure a new product it's very light okay. touch as i said earlier 
so it it oh. naturally uh, wealth managers also wanted a more product like this in the market which they can sell because mm-hmm. uh, malik how much of a mutual fund can you sell to a same client so you need right. something new as well right so so this yeah. is the reason why so many people started mushrooming with the pms uh, product and also the i think the equity uh, markets the way buoyancy has been seen in the equity market especially uh, you know before the pand- or after the pandemic as well uh, mm-hmm. i think people are now realizing that this retail money coming into uh, the you know the stock markets and there's a lot of buoyancy about the stock market uh, right. it will be a good idea to launch your own product which is not under the mutual fund route you have lot of customization options you can you know you know you can name it the way you want to you can actually construct it the way you want to so it i think mm-hmm. it was a natural attraction for most of these pms managers to come in to a question on why investors need pmss when we have mutual funds nishant highlighted the advantages of one over the other i think as an investor uh, there are a few positives which a mutual fund brings and a few positive which a pms gets uh, okay mutual fund definitely has lot of stronger regulation and oversight mm-hmm. and hence as an investor you should not be worried about any kind of concern on the regulatory or a governance framework okay most of these mutual fund being large houses also follow a very investment uh committee or investment fr- institutional investment framework okay there is a lot of smaller pmss maybe mm-hmm. a single man or a very small team run houses where one or two persons independent or individual belief will be what will be driving the portfolio okay also in terms of data uh, sharing and information being put out for mutual mm-hmm. funds it's pretty standardized okay yes whereas yeah. in pmss uh, uh, while the regulation is trying to standardize it it still will be seen with a little bit of variability okay okay so mm-hmm. pms is a little more higher touch stronger involvement product as opposed to a mm-hmm. mutual fund Okay. And Muni shared it further by telling us why most large cap PMSs don't make much sense. It's the mid cap and the sector agnostic or the flexi cap kind of strategies where PMSs can really add value. Let's hear it from him. Absolutely. I think that's the space so so mid cap space and the uh, cap agnostic space. I think these are two areas where okay. PMS can really add value. And uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, mm-hmm. so if you cap fund today a mid cap mutual fund today you know it will mm-hmm. have 50 60 sometimes even 70 holdings in the portfolio sure because the fund manager is trying to diversify now mm. if you look at the categorization of mid caps it starts from 101 stock 101st stock to right 250th stock correct correct that means 150 stocks now if out yes, of the sir. 150 i have already bought 50 60 in my mutual fund portfolio mid cap mutual fund portfolio then what's the value add So got it yeah yeah over over diversification in the in the in the mid cap mutual fund space i think the pmss concentrated approach of very high conviction bets in the mid cap space i think that's ideally suited to be run on a pms platform so that's the okay we use that we use uh, in the mid cap allocation we only use uh, pmss in the in the in for investing for our clients and okay also, okay mm-hmm. also part is the uh, cap agnostic bucket so the fund manager can it's like a flexi cap pm right Now, that again if a fund manager can pick up two three four stocks from large cap three four five from mid caps and maybe couple of them from small cap and create mm-hmm. a 15 portfolio across the all caps that's right. also a, uh, you can really have a very high conviction portfolio which 
basically you know bands from the large cap to the mid cap space across all the spaces that you i think the first thing anybody should look for is a track record i think needless to say that the okay. pms should have at least a three year track record for that particular mm-hmm. uh, uh, particular uh, investment approach so okay that if the fund manager has already got a very good track record in the large cap space and he's mm-hmm. now launching a mid cap pms it doesn't make sense that just because of the large cap performance you'll invest in the mid cap space assuming the fund manager is good so right, you right. need to have a track record for the same investment approach that you really wa- that you want to invest into there has to be a track record mm-hmm. that is point number mm-hmm. 1 point okay. number 2 compare the pms returns of mm-hmm. that investment approach mm-hmm. with the index the benchmark right and so compare it with the uh, with the same uh, type of a mutual fund as well and i'll okay. tell you the reason supposing mm-hmm. if you are investing in a flexi cap pms right right and he's given you a return that last 5 years i have made 13% return and mm-hmm. last and this is net of all fee and carry everything so it's perfect return right. that you have got and the mm-hmm. nifty was 12.5% so he is okay. outperformed by at least say 13.5 to 12.5 say 1% outperformance mm-hmm. is there but people stop right. there compare it with a mutual fund of uh, of a flexi cap mutual fund as well because <laughs> yeah if yeah the mutual fund has also given you a return of 13 and 1/2 then mm. why were you going into the pms scheme yeah yeah it, yeah good point mutual fund is mm. more regulated it is more transparent there is nav there is portfolio reporting everything is so clear and i think okay. secondly also they need to and um, this i think i don't know if retail people can actually check but mm-hmm. they should also check if the correct benchmarks are being used as well on being asked as to what is it that investors must look at while shortlisting a pms this is what munish and nishant had to say a few things uh, one should mm-hmm. definitely be the track record and history how long has the pms manager as well as the mm-hmm. scheme in particular been in existence okay that's point number 1 Mm-hmm. Second will be the team and the setup for the house. Is it a one-man show? Is the decision making unilaterally by the founder, or is mm-hmm. there a team approach when there is an investment committee and stuff like that? Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Third is of course the research and the investment strategy. Okay. Is the fund manager primarily relying on third-party research, or they have a team covering and doing their own research across sectors and companies? Okay, okay, and this information uh, would ju- generally be available on the website itself. On the website, or it can be provided on a need-to-need basis. Okay, okay. Similarly, uh, there are many factors. These are three most simplistic ones, but mm-hmm. many factors like who are the partner vendors the PMS manager works with. If there is a bank account, is there a custodian? Who is the tax consultant? Mm-hmm. So some some of the bigger names gives added comfort. So partner vendors, the so PMS manager, while his main job is to manage money. Right. Who, uh, with whom does the DMAT account for each customer gets opened? Okay. Okay. Right. Is it a yes. is it a public sector bank, private sector bank, small broking firm? Who is mm-hmm. the DMAT custodian? Got it. PMS regulation also wants a custody to be appointed. Okay. Now, who plays the role of custodian? Is it a very mm-hmm. large, well-known institution, or is it mm-hmm. a smallish firm? And then there are a lot of quantitative factors. You know. what kind okay. of stocks the pms is buying the strategy yeah. is large mid or small how mm-hmm. much is the long term holding versus churn in the portfolio 
Right. Is the manager buying on conviction, holding for long time? Is he trading quickly in and out? While mm-hmm. there is uh, uh, a little bit more comfort in numbers in mutual funds, mm-hmm. EMS will be a lot more sophisticated and an informed product where customer mm-hmm. should be capable of doing that research himself or use the service of his advisor. So, listeners, just to summarize what Munish and Nishan told us. PMS schemes in the mid-cap and the sector agnostic space, if chosen well, can really add value. But shortlisting a suitable scheme requires much work. You need to find out the PMS track record, understand the investment strategy, and do a whole lot of other background checks. Given what all this entails, getting professional help rather than doing it all by yourself may be advisable. So that's it for now, folks. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any personal finance questions, you can email them to us at mintmoney at livemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Malik underscore Madhu. That is M-A-U-L-I-K underscore M-A-D-H-U. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.